Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday to you, DJ Bucky, back with you. Buck, what is going on, man? No, man, Friday, Friday, Friday is always a fun day. Uh, One step closer to football, and so it should be fun. And we got the holidays, so how how can you be complaining on this Friday? Are you, uh, I've never asked you this over over the 20 plus years we've been buddies. Uh, Are you a Christmas Eve or Christmas Day guy uh growing up presents like and with the kids like what has been your uh what's been your mo i'm a christmas day guy okay i've always been a christmas day guy it kicks off early going back to my childhood i just remember like up and at them early dj like my mom and dad had a rule like hey man look not before 6 a.m yeah so all right okay cool i'm gonna look at the clock and as soon as it goes from 5 59 to 6 yeah yeah we're at them but my question to you is i grew up in a house where like we had toys and then we had presents. And so mm-hmm. the toys under the tree were unwrapped. So oh, went, nice. So when you went downstairs, like your first peek was of your new bike or mm-hmm. of your, your, your uh, Atari system or whatever. But your gifts, clothes and all that, that was wrapped up. How was it for you guys? So the interesting thing is uh, my mom did not trust us in terms of like shaking boxes and figuring things out. So she used a, there's four of us kids. She used a number system, which nobody <laughs> could crack the code. Like you think about, I needed like the Houston Astros uh, R&D to help me out on this. But there would be different, like, like it was the package said like 52 or 60, 65. <laughs> so you're like, who? And then, and then the night before, the night before Christmas, uh, she would go through and then put the names on it. Well, inevitably, there'd always be like one or two where she didn't know. And we're like, who's 73? Yeah. Who's, who's is this? <laughs> uh, like trying to figure things out. But uh, so she did that. And then the other thing is, and when I was growing up, when I was younger, my parents did better as they, as they got older. But when I was younger, like we, we didn't have a whole lot, but the, uh, we would get one of our, you know, big presents. Now, maybe yeah. that was a bike, you know, yeah. I mean, I yeah. remember 
the year that the Nintendo came out, I was like, man, I just want this uh, Nintendo yeah. so bad. But I had to wait. We got the next year. Like we were a year behind oh, yeah. on that on yeah, that I, stuff. That's a so that was a yeah yeah same thing. But what they did is you would open up one box. And it was like you. It would be like your. I think they even call it like they watched Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. They would call it like your daily double. So it was like basically like this is your big present. But so it wouldn't be in. It wouldn't be under the tree. It would. You'd open up a box and it would just be like your. You know, this is your daily double. And like, all right. Then Dad would sneak out to the garage and like wheel the bike. Bring it in. in. Like, yeah, oh, bring it okay. in. Okay. Okay. So it was like it was a, it was kind of a fun thing, fun way of doing that. So it's like, yeah, I got my, you know, I got my socks, maybe a video game, and it was like, oh, I get the big one. What well, we got this year? One year it was a Papa <laughs> shot. I got a Papa shot, Buck. It was, it was that was the best, man. Uh, just the little mini basketball, just a little Papa shot. Happy as can be, man. So so for me, when I think of Christmas, um, because we lived in a, a split level house, so we had the upstairs or whatever, and my room was in the top corner of the house, and I remember just like. The big deal was just looking around the corner, looking over the steps oh, to yeah. see, see what you got, see what you got to be able to run down there. And you, you know how it is. Like it's, it's early. It makes for a long day. Yeah. It makes for a long day. Like when, when, when you're doing it, but I don't know, man, I, I think Christmas is the greatest. And now you, you have an opportunity. The kids are older, but like you get a chance to live vicariously through the kids and seeing their uh, wonderment and amazement at what Santa has brought yeah. them over the yeah. thing. Like that part, that part is I know, but isn't it kind of, I know we'll get into the football stuff here, but uh, isn't it kind of sad as our kids have gotten older? Like they get clothes, like that's it. Like, you know, that's all they're kind yeah, of getting the big, for yeah, the most yeah, part. Big, eh. it, 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 go, it goes away from like that part. It goes away from like what's under the tree to, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I left you an envelope with a with some money. Yeah, yeah you want some, yeah, you want some cash. Go to the gift card. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, that takes away a little bit of fun. It, it takes does. away a little of the fun. Um, uh, today we've got Bucky's Coach's Corner. Um, well, we're going to get to that in a little bit, but there's a couple other topics I want to hit at uh, before we get there. And again, this will be kind of a brief episode on Fridays. We always uh, keep it kind of short and sweet here. But I, I wanted to start, first of all, uh, looking at some of these wide receivers. I, I had I pulled the numbers, and we've done this in years past, and I want to see if anything has changed um, in terms of let's find the connection. Let's find what these top guys and how they're playing this year what they have in common. Like, what can we learn from it? So I'm going to give you the names. I haven't told you uh, what my thoughts are on this. Mm -hmm. I haven't gone over the names, with you, but I want just to get your opinion and see if we land on the same page here. Here are the guys. Tyreek Hill. This is, again, from uh, for yard, your yardage leaders right now. Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, Keenan Allen, Amara St. Brown, Puka Nakua, Jamar Chase, D.J. Moore, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Evans. Those are the names, Buck. And it's all different shapes and sizes. But what uh, if you try and if you try and say something that connects? <laughs> what's the connective tissue between these guys, Buck? Man, that's 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 a hard one because originally when you when you had Tyreek and Amara and CD Lamb, I was like, oh okay, well they all had like kind of return stuff in it. But then you threw me off with Mike Evans and some of the other guys. The only thing that I I can say in in having met the majority of them, I would say temperament and personality and we'll get to the word like passionate later but they all kind of have this intensity that comes along with being the number one guy where you feel their energy their their impact is conveyed in a way where they kind of get the party started for everybody in terms of uh, okay we talk about john gordon's book the energy bus yeah they bring energy when they get the ball in their hands there's something about the way that they play it ignites the rest of the thing. And so that's that's the only common denominator that I can say is like 
they kind of light up the room when they get started. So here's uh here's what I came up with. When I now I'm gonna I'm gonna give you these two words and then I'm gonna read the names again and you tell me who doesn't have it, okay? Toughness, mm. strength, play strength, toughness, play strength. Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, CeeDee Lamb, Keenan Allen, Amara St. Brown, Puka Nakua, Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Evans. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. So I mean, they're all in, physical in way, and tough. In a, in, a, in a way, we're we're, we're kind of saying the same things. I'm I'm talking about energy and passion and all that other stuff. But DJ, I think it's an underrated skill. The two things that you're talking about: uh, toughness and strength at wide receiver. I would say that also when you look at the body types of those guys, none of them are the slender body. No, types. I I Iuke it, it may be the lean, but he's still a rocked up, muscled up dude. Like I, but I think remember, these guys are all. Physical specimens, dude. You remember how good of a punt returner he was at Arizona State? Yes. Up? Like you remember how how nice he was with the ball in his hands. Um, I th- look, man. I think t- I, at a time where the football world is buzzing about George Pickens' comments about not wanting to block and not wanting to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like, look, man. Tough guys matter. If you want a tough team, the only way you can have a tough team is you got to acquire tough players. And toughness at every level is a requisite. To play and to play well in the National Football League, you have to have a tough mentality. And you have to have physical toughness to be able to do it. So those guys that you mentioned, DJ, going back and thinking about how they all played in college, it jumped off the tape how tough they mm-hmm. were. Tackle it, breakers. I, like Brandon, yeah. I breaks a crap a crap ton of tackles, man. Man, look, C.D. Lamb, Tyreek Hill breaks a bunch of tackles. Uh, Amon Ross about, St. Brown's literally dad was Mr. Olympia. I mean, like, yeah, uh, like, like, <laughs> like, come like on. Physically tough. You think about how Mike Evans uh, consistently won the deep ball uh, when mm-hmm. Johnny Men- Menzel would throw it up to him down at Texas a Yeah, you can see that. And it doesn't leave. You don't go from being a tough guy in college to being non-tough in the pros. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't AJ happen. Brown's built like a brick house. I mean, 225 pounds at six foot six one. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember when he first came out, I was like, man, I don't even know if you can have a 225-pound yeah. wide out at six foot. Like, you're used to those guys being 6'3". He, he kind of broke up. But yeah, DJ, like, being able to break tackles in this league where we've talked about, I think early in the week, we talked about your cornerbacks have to be able to tackle. Mm-hmm. You cannot play with guys on the perimeter that can't tackle. And one of the reasons why is because those receivers that you're mentioning, people are throwing bubble screens, quick slants, Mm-hmm. Things that are right now plays, and you have to be able to get them down. And offenses are more willing to gamble that you don't have enough guys in your secondary that can tackle these strong, sturdy playmakers that are catching the ball. No doubt. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. I want to get to uh, uh, one other topic before we get to Bucky's Coach's Corner. We're going to look at some pass rushers right after this. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Buck. Uh, we did it for wideouts. Let's look at the uh, let's look at the pass rushers. This is uh, tougher uh, when you're trying to find some connectivity here. Um, let's pull out the top guys in sacks right now uh, as we stand. You've got T.J. Watt, Daniel Hunter, Trey Hendrickson, Khalil Mack, Josh Allen, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Greenard. Uh, and when you look at, I'll give you the arm length here because that was my first thought. T.J. Watt, 33 and an eighth. Daniil Hunter, 34 and a quarter. Trey Hendrickson, 32. So short arms for Trey Hendrickson. Uh, Khalil Mack, 33 and a quarter. Josh Allen, 33 and a half. Max Crosby, this is still shocking to me. 32 and seven eighths. It feels like he's got 35-inch arms. Uh, Miles Garrett, 35 and a quarter. Micah Parsons, 31 and a half. So short arms for him. Montez Sweat, 35 and three quarters. Uh, Greener, 34 and seven eighths. So I would say in terms of like, uh, you know, even 32 and seven eights for Max, that's, you know, if you're looking for 33 inch arms, he's right on the line. I would say that the shorter arm guys are Trey Hendrickson, Micah Parsons, and, and, uh, and uh, let's see, Hendrickson, Micah Parsons. That really, that's kind of it. I mean, most of the other guys are, are in pretty good shape arm length wise. Uh, things that stand out to me outside of their athleticism, get off, mm-hmm. relentlessness. Mm-hmm. It is a position where effort, matters and so you take guys that are quick off the ball who have a relentless spirit and then you wrap a little athleticism around it makes for a long day for the offensive line mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to as we go towards the draft and uh, and watching these guys the cool thing about cutups is you can do it a million different ways now I was talking to a defense coordinator the other day we were talking about some of the great guys and we we're talking about Max Crosby in in specific and I just said, the thing about him that's insane to me is like he doesn't come off the field and like he doesn't slow down. He doesn't stop. 
And then he rattled off the names of all these elite pass rushers, some of which you played with and, and played against. And he's like, the one thing you'll notice about those elite elite guys, like the tank is endless. Like they never, they never tire. They don't run out of juice. Like those elite, elite guys in the fourth quarter are giving you the same stuff they were giving you in the first quarter. So in other words, like, I don't know, we talk about gas tank a lot. We talk about get off. We talk about bend. We talk about finish. But like maybe, maybe like, we add a, we add that kind of gas tank in there, and I was thinking about how to cut up video. It would be interesting to say, like you can cut up the video so specifically and be like, okay, show me, give me all the pass rush snaps where he's been on the field for more than six plays in a row. Mm. Like so, he's mm. been out there going. Like, what does he look like when he's quote unquote supposed to be tired? Um, mm. And I'm looking at these guys, and you kind of talk about relentless and get off and all that kind of stuff, like T.J. Watt. Like Trey Hendrickson, Khalil Mack, like Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, like these guys don't ever stop, man. They never run out of gas. They never run out of gas. So there are a couple, there are a couple things that I can take. So on our show, we have talked about Miami Heat and Heat culture, and one of the things that is embedded in the Heat culture is conditioning and fitness. Mm-hmm. And I believe in the pros, it's an underrated aspect. Because I think it's gotten away from it. I think they've gotten away from it. They're so paranoid Mm -hmm. with GPS and we've put too much on these guys. Like, I think it's, Mm -hmm. I don't think they're anywhere near the shape that they've been in in the years past. Guys, guys have, strength coaches worry about getting a $20 million pass rusher hurt, Mm -hmm. lifting and running before he gets to the game. And so they don't push him as hard. But I'm going to tell this story. And I think it, it resonates because I feel like I've been lucky enough to play with like Hall of Fame pass rushers, play with Reggie White. Bruce Smith and Derek Thomas mm-hmm. on the field with all of those guys. I will tell you, Bruce Smith left an indelible impression on me because DJ, this dude was a stairmaster fiend. Really? Even now in retirement, he's a stairmaster guy. I think the magic number, anybody who's been on the stairmaster will understand. I think the magic number for Bruce was 200 flights. So 200 floors on the stairmaster. And so yeah. I think it was, it takes like 45 to 60 minutes to do it. He did it every day, DJ. Oh so my people, gosh. people have to understand this was a guy that was considered uh, out of shape when he came as the number one pick from Virginia Tech. And when you see him now, he is an Adonis, like great mm. shape, always fit or whatever. And I never forget this dude had whatever he had, maybe 200 sacks from a five technique position, which was unheard of. DJ, the great, the great players are always in shape. Think about Michael Jordan in basketball. Michael Jordan in basketball is never out of the game in the fourth quarter. Ever. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. fitness, conditioning, you talk about gas tank, man, the number one thing you got to do, you got to be in great shape because I've seen Gino Ariema. There's a, a, a little a clip on IG where he talks about the difference between good players and great players is um, when good players get tired, great players wear them out. And so, <laughs> and, and so that conditioning piece, when we talk about it, so DJ, it would make me look at, body types differently like yeah. so all those guys that you mentioned tell me the fatty yeah tell me the, tell me the pudgy guy that has a bad body and mm-hmm. we do this body typing show me the one that isn't like a greek god yeah. that we're talking about tj watt we've seen miles garrett like like michael parsons all those guys are freak shows physically and mm-hmm. they all are in shape i think it's one of the things that maybe we need to look at closely when we're looking at guys at the combine and workouts, is he in shape? Can he go over and over and over again? Yeah, which, which by the way, um, and not to get into a longer, different discussion, but 
I know with the combine, there's been you know a lot of changes made, and I think you know some of them for the good. But I think the the assumption from the outside that oh you know like body typing guys and doing that kind of stuff like that's that's cruel or that's not you know we shouldn't do that this that and the other I'm like they don't do it for no reason like there's a reason why when we go to games and live games you know we're not looking at them as necessarily in their underwear but you go to live games like you're looking to see that like what kind of shape is this dude in how is he taking care of himself because as uh, we've talked about many times. It's not only being in shape to be able to play through a game and be able to play when, you know, not get tired and have a gassing. All that. Discipline in one area of your life indicates discipline in other areas of your life. So if you've taken care of yourself physically, I can imagine you probably prepared yourself pretty well with the game plan this week. You probably put in a little extra time watching some tape. Like that stuff doesn't compartmentalize. It leaks. It leaks over into other areas. How you do anything is how you do everything. Thank and you. So, and so if you're going to be one that is, uh, if you're going to be a great player, it's hard to be a great player, not like physically be uh, a specimen. It's, it's hard to mm -hmm. be a great player without being in great shape because what happens, and I remember Rick Pitino, when Rick Pitino had success at Kentucky, he had a book, Success is a Choice. The number one thing, the first thing that he talks about people turn around your life, he says, you got to be in the best shape of your life because it takes energy to turn things around. Mm -hmm. So DJ, if we're talking about being a game changer and impactful player, you have to have energy so you're not surviving in the game's waning moments, you're able to thrive. Because when you're mm -hmm. tired, you look for the easy way out. You fudge your technique. You don't mm -hmm. do all the things that you're looking to do because you're trying to take a shortcut. When you're in great shape, it allows you to stay with your fundamentals because now you're not thinking about it. You're in the habit of doing things the right way and your fitness isn't a thing. So when you talk about that, that tank, the only way to be relentless is you got to be in great shape. The only way to be a high motor player, you got to be in great shape because you can't have mm. uh, what we call like one of those speed racer motors where you go fast <laughs> for two plays and then you come out. And that's it. You, gotta, yeah. you, you have to be able to do it. So all those guys that you look at, I think about being on the field with those guys, like, you know, like in the roles that we have with the respective teams, yeah. you see those guys in pregame warmup. DJ, those guys, I, I, I looked at Miles Garrett in pregame oh go through gosh. his stuff. And yeah. I'm like, my gosh, like you see Khalil Mack every week like those guys are are, are different mm -hmm. they're built differently and i can say the same thing because josh allen for the jaguars is having a great year 13 and a half sacks dj looking at his body now from when it came in he's built different looking how he has to play down in down out i don't see him tap his helmet as much he stays in that's the expectation of your great players they're there down after down play after play and they can deliver in the fourth quarter when you got to close it out yeah, well, think about the two best defensive linemen, I would say, uh, the most consistently dominant defensive linemen over the last decade plus, um, Aaron Donald and, and J.J. Watt. Adonis. Adonises. I mean, like... <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Donald changes the way that you look at defensive yeah. tackles. You remember, you remember how we used to look at defensive tackles? Yeah. Like, oh, that's okay. Fleshy. Like, yeah. got like a little inner tube. It's fine. He's a defensive... Yeah. Uh, Aaron Donald, no, six-pack. I'm in shape. Yeah. I'm ripped. J.J. Uh, Watt fanatical about his workout he lost weight when he got in the league and and leaned up and yeah and and, and, so. and so it's one of the things uh and we'll talk about it later but dj i think you have gotten to something where we talked about i don't think teams condition enough mm -mm. i don't mm -mm. think they're conditioning their team to last to beat people in the fourth quarter but not only beat people in the fourth quarter later in the season the conditioning part of it man you want to play your best ball at the end of the year and look, you got to condition them. 
you got to work them. You got to you got to put some of that in there. I was talking to somebody uh, the other day, and he brought up a great point. He said they had a player uh, on their team now that used to play for the 49ers. And he said, what's the difference between our team and their team? He said, oh, it's obvious. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, they practice so much harder than we do. It's not even close. Not even close. And I'm like, this sounds like going back to our old school days when USC was rolling, when Miami was rolling back in the day. Now we see it with Alabama. We see it with Georgia. We hear about stories about Bloody Tuesday and these teams getting after it. In a, in a world where everybody has become concerned, these, t- these elite teams like that have used it as a competitive advantage to put the hammer down and get after it in practice. And it's like, oh, you know, sp- you know, sports science and let's preserve guys. Let's get to the season. Let's manage them. Load management became a word, a term that we've heard over the last decade. Those great teams that we're talking about in, in the world of football, mm, they're, they're hammered down, man. No, they're hammered down. It's, it's so funny that you bring that up because speaking specifically to the 49ers, um, they wouldn't practice with the team like last year. And the team that they practiced against, they overwhelmed them with their physicality mm-hmm. and their practice tempo. And it was eye-opening to them. And watching them up close this, this year in training camp, DJ had a chance to go up there. Leslie Frazier and I did kind of like training camp live or whatever, ITC live from there. And you just watched them, DJ. They, they're at a different pace. And when I talk to their coaches, it's funny because their coaches are so used to it, but guys who are new coaches are like, hey, man, I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> they, don't, they, don't, they don't have pads on, but yeah. they're natural. They're going. Physicality and urgency. DJ, like people talk about, oh, we're going to bully the bully. It's, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing where that's your daily regimen. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. This is how we get down. And bringing it to college, it's not a coincidence. Alabama, Georgia. Michigan, when you see those teams and you watch them practice, oh yeah, you see how they overwhelm people. They wear people out. No, no doubt. Um, all right, let's get the Bucky's uh, coach's corner. What's the word of the day today, Buck? Well, look, man, you you kind of set me up for word of the day. Passionate. Passion is everything in uh, this sport. Passion is everything when it comes to uh, leading a team. Uh, I think the best way, DJ, I want guys that love it, not just like it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a difference between those guys that love it. Because when you love it, you would do the extra stuff without it being required. Because you want to be so, so in tune. You love it so much that the, the, the extraordinary becomes the ordinary for you. You put the time in. You put the work in. You're willing to go. Look, if, if we're running 10 yards, you're willing to run 12. Because that's what it's about. Your passion, your, your love for it makes you do the stuff that separates you from the average people. And when you get a bunch of guys who are passionate about it and uh, you have the ability to lead them in the right direction, that's when the magic happens. And I think all the great players that we talk about are all passionate, obsessive about what their craft is. All the great teams are passionate and obsessive about what their goals are and the preparation process. And I think you see when you have a team of passionate players, the guys who are kind of mediocre when it comes to effort level, they can't survive. It's too mm-hmm. hard for them. So they either find their way off the team or you help them leave the team. But you have to have a team full of passionate people if you want to accomplish big goals. And I would say your best players, ideally on the best teams, are your most passionate players, are your most dedicated players. And 
to me, if you're under, you know, you're going to rise to the level of your leadership on that, on that front. So it's nice to say, oh, you know, we've got our room, you know, we've got this position group room. We've got a couple passionate guys in there. That's great. Well, are they your best guys? Because the best guys are going to pull up the level of everybody else underneath them. You know, with, with that passion's got to come, you know, not only having passion on your team, but having passion in the right places on your team too, which your best players, it's your leaders, because that's going to pull everybody else up. So I've heard you, and we, we've talked about this. And we, I mean, I, I remember going back all the way to uh, the Darnold draft. We talked about, uh, yeah, was it Steve Young that said, not over my dead body? Yeah. Like, like the quarterback has to have that kind of passion about the game. And I know it's not necessarily popular, right? Because we talk about the games as they're just games. But man, losing should really, really hurt, DJ. Like when mm -hmm. you think about like how much you pour in to this, like in, from an NFL level, there are only 17 of them. There are only 17 games. That's not a lot of games. When you think about the, what, 52 weeks in a year, you only got 17 opportunities to go out and kind of prove your worth. And so it should matter when you win or lose. It should, it should hurt. It should be a gut punch when you are on the wrong end of the scoreboard. And you want guys that it matters. I don't want guys who immediately after they're shaking hands with the other team and everything is okay and we're hugging and we're swapping jerseys and all that other stuff. Like it has to matter. So that passion has to come in. And the thing about it as uh, what, a team builder, as a coach or whatever, when you're looking at guys, you can tell you can't fake it because you can't mm -hmm. fake passion. You, can't, you can be a fake gym rat, but you can't, you can't fake the passion because over time, your true colors come out. And those that love it, they tend to rise above all those other guys that are on your squad. So help me out with this one. Um, I was trying to think of with all the way we can analyze data now, um, all the different avenues. We go back and look at the heat. We talk about the heat all the time. Miami heat we referenced them earlier today. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that they are passionate about using that word passion is they lead the league. They want to lead the league in charges every year. Mm -hmm. That's a That is a stat that will point to who is, who is in the fight, who is passionate about it, who is competitive with it. So I was thinking of, if we're talking about charges in basketball, what would be the equivalent in football? What would be a stat you could look at that says, this shows that we're competitive, this shows that we're passionate, this shows that we're all in? I don't know, maybe with the GPS data, maybe it's, mm -hmm. maybe it's the number of players in proximity to the football at the end of every play. Maybe that just, there's something to show that we're running to the ball. We are sprinting to the ball. We're getting as many hats to the ball as possible. I, I don't know. What, what do you think on that? Okay, so the best piece of coaching advice that I've ever seen since I've been a high school coach is I had a chance to meet Rod Marinelli up at Oxnard at Cowboys training camp when he was the defensive coordinator. And I put him to the side and I said, man, I've never seen a team play as hard as your team. I was like, how do you get them to play hard? He said, you demand it. He was like, you demand the effort from them. You demand that they run to the football. And he had very clear parameters on what a loaf was. Anybody that changes speed on the way to the ball, where, hey, you're slow, then you see the ball, then you speed up. Anytime a teammate passes you by on the way to the ball, DJ, I think the easiest way to assess passion, particularly on defense, who's running to the ball and how many loafs can you chart? Yeah, there you how, go. Many, how many loafs can you chart on the way to the ball where guys aren't busting it getting there? Because if you're passionate about it and we say that we want to play with an urgency and, hey, I got to get to the ball, you can see it. It shows up on tape. I would say offensively, maybe the equivalent would be like pancakes, like yeah. skin pancakes, because I have heard the San Francisco 49ers. It's funny. We always reference the same teams, right? We talked about Baltimore. Yeah, heat. Episode, and then we <laughs> the heat and basketball. <laughs> right. So, so no, I heard um, Trent Williams talk about the wide receivers for the 49ers blocking. And when I see them knocking people down 
it makes me have to be like, oh, I got to get a little bit of that. Mm. And so that stuff is contagious. When you have the right environment, that stuff is contagious. That's the expectation. Hey, guys, on the perimeter, we're blocking. We're knocking people down. I want them on the ground. Mm -hmm. And look, we said it. When I was in Kansas City, I talked about Marty Schottenheimer before. And I look, I know he had his postseason failures, but he's one of the best coaches I've ever been around, which speaks to his record. But DJ, the wide receivers always had to finish what they call covered up. So covered mm -hmm. up is you had to have your guys touching your hands. You had to be touching a defender when the clip ended on the tape. If ah, not, that was a low. Yeah. So Al Saunders would run behind guys the whole practice. He's the office coordinator, wide receiver coach, running down the field saying cover up. So wide receivers would finish locked up on a defender. Now, it's That's a little great. thing because you, you've been around the pros enough to know that, hey, wide receivers don't really block. They don't want to do but, that, yeah. But in the pros, if you can get guys to finish on engage with somebody dj that's the passion and that passion is conveyed from coach to player and it's demanded i mean you got to play with this kind of energy and effort or you don't play for us period yeah it's non-negotiable mm -hmm. and, and you know another example um and uh and we can we can wrap it up here but uh i was talking to sean mcveigh one time and we were talking about this topic and this thing and he said he had uh, had a chance to visit with kobe um, when he was still with us and had a, a great conversation with him and talking about this type of thing. He said, Kobe told him, I every single day when practice ends, I put in 30 more minutes. So I'm practicing 30 minutes more than everybody else out there every, every day. So whatever the schedule said, think, think about how long that is. 30 minutes. This isn't like after practice, getting on the jugs machine for 10 minutes. Like, 30 minutes a day he was putting in on top of what they did at practice. That's insane. Well, well look, I, I can tell you, because like in watching all those Kobe clips, like compound interest over time, yeah. right? Just the overtime. So if you think about, let's say we, we practice four days a week in football, right? You put 30 mm -hmm. every day. So now you're putting two extra hours, right? So extrapolate that over the course of a long off season, over the course of a regular season. Think of how much better you can be if you're doing it. And as a team, if I'm a coach, if I have my players on their own doing that, mm -hmm. imagine how much better they can get if I have the veterans showing the young guys how to practice. If I had the veterans taking the young guys through, hey, guys, young guys, y'all going to do seven on seven again? We're not going to go through it. You're going to go through it, but we're going to coach you through it. We're going to give you the script and do it. Imagine how much your team can develop when that's the expectation. So it all starts with the expectation. And if you're passionate about winning, you know those are the things that you have to get done. You know, mm -hmm. it's almost like off-season workouts. Hey, it's it's voluntary, but if you want to be a really good team, you kind of need yeah. to be around so you can build all the other things. 100%. This has been a fun uh, fun Friday episode here. Uh, I want to encourage you guys uh, to go check this thing out, which is, I believe, uh, gosh, this is coming up on Sunday. Sunday's Christmas Eve, right? Monday's Christmas. Is that right, Buck? Yeah, Monday is Christmas. Sunday is Christmas Eve. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so I'll remind everybody, the Holiday Classic is back on NFL Network this Christmas Eve. Watch a special Sunday night of primetime football as the Patriots and Broncos light up the night. The NFL Holiday Classic, Christmas Eve, live 8 p.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, uh, we will have five episodes for you, I guess, although I don't, I don't know if Nabil knows this. We're not working on Christmas, uh, Nabil, nope. so just, just know that. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. There it is in the chat. Uh, Christmas Day will be off. So we'll have four episodes next week. Nabil's already thinking ahead there. That a baby. Um, 
All right, Buck. Well, hey, man. Merry, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, Nabil, we appreciate all that you've done. Again, we're uh, filled with gratitude as we come towards the end of the year here. Um, anything you want to uh, lob out there before we jump out of here, Buck? No, no, man. We're just so appreciative to everyone that has supported us along the way. We hope everyone has a great holiday season. We hope uh, Santa or whatever you believe in, you get all the things, you get all the 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 gifts and the recognition that you deserve and you're able to give because it is a season of giving. Let's see if we can make other people better. There you go. Good word there to wrap us up. Uh, appreciate everybody. Uh, wish you guys a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we will see you next week right here on Move the Stick. deserve to treat yourself so turn your tax refund into a u-fund and give yourself a straight talk wireless extended silver unlimited plan and get a new samsung galaxy a14 on them you can get a great everyday value on wireless with straight talks unlimited plan starting at 25 dollars a line per month for four lines you'll save so much you'll be enjoying that refund all year long it's the refund that keeps on refunding find straight talk at straighttalk.com or at your local walmart store Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. All inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never ending fun. So, booking an all inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max Powertrain Unlimited and Platinum Trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander.